From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, President Yoon Suk-yeol calls Japan a partner in his March 1st Independence Movement Day speech. South Korea posts a trade deficit for 12th straight month in February, and PCR test requirements for arrivals from China are lifted after two months. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Daniel Cha. President Yuzhegel stressed the need for the nation to reflect on its unfortunate past and ponder what must be done for Korea's future and prosperity as Wednesday marked March 1st Independence Movement Day. Yoon made the remark during a ceremony commemorating the 104th March 1st Independence Movement Day held in Seoul. He paid tribute to martyrs and patriots who devoted their lives and made sacrifices for the nation's freedom and independence. He stressed the prosperity the country enjoys today is the result of firm and endless endeavors to safeguard freedom and enduring belief in universal values. Yoon said the nation must look back on its painful past when it lost its national sovereignty after failing to appropriately prepare for changes in world history. He said the nation could see a repetition of that suffering if it does not get ready for the future and study the changes in the course of global history. The President underlined the need to inherit the spirit of the March 1st Declaration of Independence to create a future of freedom, peace and prosperity. Also on Wednesday, Yun said Japan has transformed from a militaristic aggressor of the past into a cooperative partner which shares universal values with Korea and works together on global agendas. The president said cooperation among Seoul, Washington and Tokyo has become more important than ever to overcome security crises, including North Korea's serious nuclear threats. Wednesday's ceremony was attended by some 1,300 people, including independence fighters and their descendants. Main opposition Democratic Party chief Lee Jae-myung says the Yoon Suk-yeol government is neglecting and harming the spirit of the March 1st independence movement. He made the comment via social media on Wednesday, stressing that a nation can move forward only if history is corrected. He said he believes it is impossible to build trust with Japan without Tokyo assuming responsibility and providing reasonable compensation. The DP leader apparently was pointing out that victims of Japan's wartime forced labor are against the government's plan to compensate victims through a third party instead of waiting for non-responsive Japanese companies. He said the solution to crisis faced by the Korean Peninsula is pragmatic diplomacy centered on national interest. He then vowed that the DP will inherit the spirit of the March 1st movement and do its best to lead the nation to the path of such diplomacy. Meanwhile, the Ministry of Patriots and Veterans Affairs on Wednesday granted official Korean family registration to 32 independence fighters. The 32 Koreans who had fought for Korea's liberation from Japan's colonial rule had remained stateless after moving overseas before the enactment of the Chosun Civil Codes in 1912, and thus never had a record on Korean public documents. The move comes after the ministry granted Korean family registration to 167 independence fighters last year, including poet Yoon Dong-ju. The ministry plans to continuously exert such efforts for independence fighters whose remains are set to be repatriated around next month. South Korea posted a trade deficit for the 12th consecutive month in February as exports posted negative growth for the fifth straight month. According to the Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy on Wednesday, 
The country's outbound shipments fell 7.5 percent on year to 50.1 billion U.S. dollars last month. Imports, meanwhile, climbed 3.6 percent on year to 55.4 billion dollars to post a trade deficit of 5.3 billion dollars in February. February saw the 12th straight month of trade deficit since last March. The last time the nation posted a trade deficit for longer than 12 months was some 25 years ago, when the nation logged a trade deficit between January 1995 and May 1997. Exports have continuously declined since last October as semiconductor industries saw worsened business conditions amid signs of a global economic downturn. Exports of semiconductors slipped more than 42 percent on-year in February, posting a drop for the seventh consecutive month. New data shows South Korea's economy posted growth lower than the average of member states of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development last year, according to the Bank of Korea and the OECD on Wednesday. South Korea's gross domestic product in the fourth quarter of last year slipped 0.4 percent to post negative growth for the first time since the second quarter of 2020. The latest growth figure is not only lower than the OECD average of 0.3 percent, but is also the fifth lowest figure to be posted among 29 OECD member states. The data found that South Korea was among 10 OECD countries that witnessed negative growth in the fourth quarter of last year. Overall, the nation's economy posted growth of 2.6 percent in 2022, which is lower than the OECD average of 2.9 percent. As a result, South Korea came to post economic growth lower than the OECD average for two straight years for the first time since becoming a member in 1996. The only other years the nation logged growth lower than the OECD average was in 2021 and 1998. North Korea's ruling party has discussed rural development strategies and ways to accelerate economic policies. According to the regime's state-run Korean Central News Agency on Wednesday, such discussions were held on Tuesday or the third day of the seventh enlarged plenary meeting of the Eighth Central Committee of the Workers' Party of Korea. The report said the meeting saw discussions by related bureaus to devise scientific and realistic measures to further promote the implementation of the party's rural development strategies and economic policies. It also said participants extensively reviewed what it described as a conclusion that North Korean leader Kim Jong Un reached on ways to achieve continuous growth in agricultural production and actively pursue full-scale advancement in building the North's own version of a socialist system. The report, however, stopped short of elaborating on Kim's so-called conclusion. You are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's news center in Seoul, Korea. The South Korean government on Wednesday lifted the post-entry PCR test requirement for travelers from China. Health authorities had initially disclosed that quarantine measures for arrivals from China will be eased further amid a decline in the infection rate among arrivals from that country. The latest move comes after the government had required travelers from China to take a PCR test for COVID-19 upon arrival and suspended short-term visa issuance as of January 2nd, following a resurgence of the pandemic in the neighboring country. However, Travelers from China are still required to take a pre-entry COVID-19 test and enter their quarantine information into the Q code system. Two measures that have been extended to next Friday. 
The Justice Ministry has appealed a court ruling that sided with two Russian men whose applications for refugee status were denied. The ministry said on Wednesday that it decided to appeal out of concerns that it could be swarmed with similar requests for refugee status in the future. Last month, the ancient district court ruled in favor of two of three Russian men seeking refugee status in suits filed against the Korea Immigration Service under the Justice Ministry. The men had been stranded in Incheon International Airport for months after fleeing their country to avoid being drafted to fight in Ukraine. Together with South Korean human rights groups, the Russian men filed the suits last October after the Immigration Service deemed their applications for refugee status ineligible for evaluation on the basis that refusal of conscription was not a reason for refugee recognition. In issuing its ruling, the Incheon court said the ministry should offer the two men the opportunity for the refugee status applications to be evaluated. The Justice Ministry argued that past Supreme Court rulings and international laws have found that refugee recognition cannot be granted solely over the refusal of conscription. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Daniel Chess, signing off.